Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 13 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time, we have one of the more thrilling mystery psychological dramas ever to be broadcast. Apropos for episode 13 is a CBS series, Satan's Waitin', with the Prince of Darkness himself as host. Wait a minute, Lisa. How did the devil have time to star in his own radio series? Ha ha, very funny, Carl. He got an actor to impersonate him, but we'll talk about that later. Satan's Waitin' was the brainchild of actor-announcers Frank Graham and Vanda's Autos. Graham was by far the better-known of the duo, with many radio credits including Nightcap Yarns, The Cavalcade of America, The Electric Hour, and several others. Also, he was the wandering vaquero in The Romance of the Ranchos and the announcer for Rudy Valley and Ginny Sims. And don't forget Cosmo Jones, the crime smasher. Which evolved from the Nightcap Yarn series and then was made into a movie in 1943. With Graham in the title role in both. He also supplied the voices of the Columbia animated cartoon series The Fox and the Crow from 1941 until 1950. In 1949, Frank Graham was cast as Jeff Regan in the radio series Jeff Regan Investigator, which initially starred Jack Webb, who had vacated the series to produce and star on Dragnet. Vandas Ottles had been an announcer on the Skippy Hollywood Theater and also narrator for various Jerry Fairbanks television productions. In 1950, along with Frank Graham, Desautos formed a radio and television production company. Together, they created the radio anthology series Satan's Waitin'. Each weekly episode told chilling stories of people led to their own doom, aided and abetted by the devil himself. Graham and Desautos produced an audition recording and shopped it around for potential buyers. It was picked up by Carl Brown of the Sherman and Marquette ad agency. That that's Carl with a C. Of course it is. Satan's Waitin' was added to the CBS schedule during the summer of 1950 for the vacationing series Mr. and Mrs. North. Frank Graham was the announcer. He introduced the program and voiced the commercials for advertiser the Colgate Palmolive Peat Company. Though it had been thought that Graham also played Satan, he did not. That actor's name will be divulged after we play the episode. This will give our audience a chance to see if they can identify the actor playing Satan who is not credited. And Satan's Waitin' will remind you of another CBS mystery program. We'll hold our thoughts on that one, too, until later. Of the 13-episode run, only one is known to exist, and we have it for you now. Here's Paintings of Death on Satan's Waitin' from July 25th, 1950. Colgate Palmolive Peat Company, makers of Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair and Palmolive Shave Creams for a smoother, more comfortable way to shave, bring you 
Satan's waiting. Indeed I am. The one who's always waiting. For this one and that one. Even you, if you choose. You remember me, of course. The diabolic deity of many names. But most popularly known as the Prince of Darkness, Satan. But not to Catherine and Robert. Uh, Catherine, slightly married, is more than slightly interested in other young men. This young artist, he interests me. I wonder if I wouldn't find it quite entertaining to have him paint my portrait. And the artist, Robert, will do anything, anything at all, to reach his coveted goal. So she's married. She wants to help me, doesn't she? I can go along. Anything if I can keep going. Win that art contest. My, a promising situation for my handiwork. Will you rise with me to the occasion? It is early evening, a few weeks after Catherine has begun sitting for her portrait. She returns home after a day at the artist's studio, slips quietly into the house, intending to go directly to her room. But as she passes the open door to her husband's study, her plans are changed abruptly. Well, Catherine, at last. Malcolm. Come on in, my love. Join the fun. The fun? Malcolm, this is ridiculous. You've been drinking. That I have, and only a little. Don't worry, that's plenty for you. No, thank you. I'm really too tired. That... That that beastly artist kept me posing until half past six in that stuffy little studio. Oh, don't bother to explain. I'll pour you a drink. I told you, Malcolm, I don't care for a I'll drink. I'll pour I'm... you one anyway, because, Catherine, my love, you're going to need it. Malcolm. Malcolm, I've never seen you like this before. Right, never. my love, you've never seen me like this before, because since the day I married you, I've never felt like this. You see, Catherine, I'm celebrating... Our coming divorce. Now, didn't I tell you you'd need this drink? Malcolm. Oh, Malcolm, you're not serious. You're not telling me that you don't love me anymore. Oh, better than that. I'm saying I never did love you, and you never loved me. And don't put your glass down there. You'll get rings on my report. Report? Uh-huh. Detective report. Just got it this afternoon. Interesting. Listen. And Monday, the subject, that's you, left the correspondent studio at 3.15 p.m., accompanied by correspondent, that's Robert. They proceeded to Baroni's Italian restaurant, where they retired to a curtain booth. Nice touch, that flat. You don't mean this. On Tuesday at 4.45 p.m., attached photograph of subject and correspondent in embrace was taken through skylight from adjoining roof. Stop it, stop it! All right, Malcolm. Get your divorce. But I'm warning you, I'll take every cent I can get my hands on. And I'll have Robert, too. Do you really think he'll marry He you? loves me, real love, something you wouldn't understand. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm willing to gamble. Gamble? What does that mean? It means that with this evidence, a good lawyer can get me a divorce without settling accounts on you. But I'll be fair. You can have the house, Catherine. And enough to run it. 
Then at the end of six months, I'll make you a gift of a cash sum. A large cash sum, provided... Provided what? That Robert does love you. He does. Enough to marry He will. Within six months after the technicalities in Reno. Within six months. Well, it's all settled then. No must, no fuss. I have nothing to worry about, my love. And neither do you. It's fiendish. Oh, it's like Malcolm to laugh at me. He's always laughed at me. But we can beat him, Catherine. You have Robert now, and Robert does love you, doesn't he? Bionic could be sure. I'm going to see him. Tonight. Now. Robert? Robert? Robert! He's gone. Steady, Catherine, steady. Don't let anyone see that we're so frightened about Robert's departure. We must keep up appearances, you know. Well, he couldn't have gone far. Oh, it's probably nothing. Greg... Maybe Greg Barnes would know where he is. Of course. You met Robert through Greg in the first place. Of course. Go to Greg's apartment, Catherine. He knows all the artist's haunts. And make it seem casual. Oh, so very casual. And so... Well, I, I suppose it's silly to trouble you, Greg, darling, but I thought you might know. Mm-hmm. Wish I could help, lady. But I'm a newspaper man, laughingly known as an art critic, not a bloodhound. But you must know some of the places he goes. I know his paintings are mediocre at best, but his private life? Nope, nothing. However, at the risk of being indelicate, it might be a woman, one of those pretty young art students from the Institute. You're lying. That isn't true. He wouldn't... Hey, wait a minute, lady. All right, Greg. All right. You may as well know the truth. Robert and I are in love. Hmm. Malcolm has consented to give me a divorce. If I seem nervous... Well, please find him for me, Greg. I'm so happy and, and upset all at once. Don't you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, do I call you at home, or has Malcolm already thrown you out? Call me at home, and... And the throwing out was the other way around. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I wonder if Malcolm had something to do with Robert's disappearance. Malcolm! Oh, yes. Oh, it'd be just like him. He paid Robert to go away so he could laugh at me. Laugh at me and... Hello. Bloodhound Barnes reporting. Greg. Yes. You found Robert? Yes. Oh, where is he? At his studio. Well, did you tell him I'd be there? He's waiting. Oh, I love you forever. All women do. Thank you, Greg. You don't know what this means to me. Just one thing. What's that? After you've married him, treat him right. I said he was a mediocre painter, and he is now, but give him a chance to develop. He can be good. Maybe not great, but at least good. Even that's a rarity these days. Greg, 
I love him. From now on, his painting will be the most important thing in life to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Robert. Come in, Catherine. Oh, darling, I was so worried when I came here. Yes, Catherine, Greg told me. Oh, Robert, darling, perhaps I've made a mess of things. I know our, our little attentions to each other meant nothing, but when Malcolm got jealous... Oh, you don't know what a beast that man can be, Robert. He, he shouted at For me and For heaven's he... sake, Catherine, will you spare me the theatrics? Robert, you... You don't mean you refuse... I mean, Greg told me everything. I know what you're getting at. Oh, but don't you see, darling? Oh, I know it may not be very romantic, but it's terribly practical, Robert. Really, it is. I have money, you have talent. We could do such wonderful things together. Don't worry, Catherine. I'll marry you when it's time. You... You'll... I said I'll marry you. It's what you want, isn't it? Yes, Robert. It's what I want. Yes, Catherine. It has all worked out for the best, uh, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, just wait till Malcolm hears. He'll be so surprised. Then who'll be laughing? That's right, Catherine. The last laugh. That's what you want most of all. And you will have it. Uh, with my help. You just wait and see. In just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, we'll return to Satan's Waitin'. But first, remember, soaping doll's hair, Halo glorifies it. So... Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. So, Halo, everybody, Halo. Yes, there's your cue to lovely, naturally lustrous hair. For soaping your hair with even finest liquid or cream shampoos hides its natural luster with dulling soap film. But Halo shampoo is not a soap, not a cream. Made with a new patented ingredient, Halo glorifies your hair with your very first shampoo. Even in hardest water, Halo gives oceans of rich, soft water lather, rinses away quickly, needs no after rinse. Halo removes embarrassing dandruff from both hair and scalp, leaves hair soft, fragrant, shining, wonderfully easy to manage. Exceptionally safe and gentle, Halo is ideal for children's hair, too. Ask for Halo, America's favorite shampoo, at any drug or cosmetic counter. So, Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo shampoo, Halo. You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive 
receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now, back to Radio Rarities. Now, once again, Satan's waiting. So, all is going well with our charming little friend, Catherine St. Clair. Her almost ex-husband, Malcolm, has been away in Reno attending to the necessary formalities. Robert, in turn, has already moved into a studio uh, Catherine had built for him in the attic of the St. Clair home. Of course, she had to run up a bill to do it, but with marriage to Robert and a generous settlement from Malcolm in the offing, uh, she's found little time for concern. Most of her time, in fact, has been spent in celebrating. Uh, tonight, for example, she's entertaining a group of her noisy friends. <laughs> So, you're really going to announce it? Well, Greg, announce it, announce what? Don't be coy, lady. This smells to me like an engagement party. And if it is? But me, I'm old-fashioned. Oh, now, Greg, really. Don't tell me you disapprove. Oh, it's not that. I just... I had the funny notion the groom-to-be usually turned up at this kind of affair. Robert? Mm -hmm. Oh, he's up in his studio doing some preliminary sketches or something like that. Correction, Captain. I was up in my studio Robert. trying to do some work. You'll pardon me, Catherine, my cue to leave. That's right, Greg. And take the others with you. What did you say? I told him to take the others with him. Can't you understand, Catherine? I'm trying to do some work. Are you indeed? Well, it happens these are my friends, and this is my house. I know that. You haven't given me a minute to forget it. Well, I won't have you ordering my friends around. Do you understand? All right. That's fine by me. Just fine. Robert! Robert, Wait! Robert? Oh, darling, I, I'm sorry. I, I got rid of all those noisy people. Honestly, I, I don't know what got into me. You don't have to apologize, Catherine. Robert, you're not packing your things. Yes. I'm moving back into my old studio. You're not doing anything of the kind. I won't Catherine, have it. Catherine, will you please stop telling me what to do and listen to me for a minute? I've been trying for weeks to tell you something, but I, I just can't seem to. Tell me what? It's about my work. I know you haven't been interested, but it's very important to me. In three months, I'm going to enter a competition at the Chicago Institute of Art for contemporary paintings. But you can work here, Robert. No, I'll... no, I can't. I thought I could work here, that it would be a change of atmosphere I needed. But I was wrong, Catherine. You're walking out on me. You think nothing of just walking out. It isn't that. I told you I'd marry you, and I will, but I need these three months, just three months. It'll stretch to six. No, it can't. The contest will be over. All right, Robert. Three months? Hmm. I wanted to spend some time in Europe before the wedding, anyhow. But the day that contest is over... Well, you'll want to marry me, anyhow, because... Frankly, darling, I don't think your paintings have a chance. What? I just don't think you're good enough. We're not at all concerned now, are we, Catherine? 
No, your parting line to Robert, the truth behind it, it provides a feeling of confidence. Makes the weeks that follow very pleasant ones. London, Paris, the gaiety of new places. Uh, not to mention occasional new escorts. <laughs> I've been discreet enough. No one will know. Right, Catherine. And I'm going to protect you a bit as you journey to your hotel in the French Riviera. No escorts this time. You're alone. As I bring you face to face with none other than... Malcolm! Oh, Malcolm, I had no idea you were on the continent. On my way to Monte Carlo, my love. Oh, gambling. Isn't that a new hobby for you? Oh, Catherine, I'd say it was simply another facet that you added to my life. I? Took it up first in Reno, my girl. Gets in your blood. Mm. Well, just so you don't lose my money as well as your own. Your money? Oh, now, I do hope you haven't gone too far in debt financing yourself so far. I'm not too worried. Considering how much I'll collect from you, Malcolm. On our little wager. On our little wager, <laughs> yes. You're not aware, then, that your devoted artist friend Robert has been running around New York with one of his attractive young art what? students? Where did you hear that? Oh, around. Bad news travels fast, my love. Of course, from my point of view, it's good news. <laughs> oh, you underestimate me, Malcolm. As usual. You're sure you haven't overestimated, Robert? Quite sure. <laughs> and what's that for? <laughs> just thinking. You only arrived today here on the Riviera, and I'd bet anything, just anything, that you'll take the first plane out of here tonight. <laughs> He was so right, wasn't he, Catherine? But no matter. It's still a last laugh that counts. Oh, I've got to be sure. I can't make a fool of myself. Yes, Catherine. Robert. I'll go to Robert's studio and find out for myself. Robert, yes, very good. We'll call on him the moment we reach New York. Take your time, dear. Catherine. What? Catherine, I, I didn't expect... Didn't expect me back so soon, I know. My, my. So many paintings. Uh, yes, they're... Oh, please, Robert. You don't have to tell me. I know they're good. Mm, some are very, very good. Well, Catherine, uh, these paintings... Yes, I know. They're going to win the contest for you. And what will that mean, Robert? That our marriage is all off? Catherine, I'm sorry. But you did ask for this. Yes, it's all off. I might as well admit it. I don't need you any longer. Well, how nice. I finance you long enough to paint what you want to paint, and then... You never believed in me. Catherine, you don't know good work, not really. We've nothing in common. Oh, stop it. I'm sick of hearing that. Sorry, but it's true. Robert, what you don't know is that I do love you. Why, you've... You've cut me down as surely as if... As if you'd done it with this knife. Catherine, please don't start the old theatrics again. And get away from those things. That knife, the gun, they're props. Things I've borrowed. Really, Robert? They, they seem real enough. Of course they're real. This but... knife. Isn't it real enough to... To slash this painting... And this one? Catherine. Stay away from me. I'll show you, Robert. I'll make you beg to keep you. You 
I'm not winning any contests, not with paintings that look like this. And this, I'll slice them all you hear. I'll cut them to ribbons. Catherine. Let me go. Let me go. You've done all you're going to. Catherine, give me that knife. There. Now let me tell you something. No. I'll tell you something. Catherine, the gun. No. Put it down. No, Robert. Not until. Sure. Not until I've killed you. Robert! Robert! The gun was real. You are dead. Oh, no, no! Oh, yes, yes, Catherine. You have killed him just as surely as if you'd planned it. What will I do? What will I do? Well, now, let me see. If you don't want to give up, I'm still willing to help. The gun. Isn't there something about the gun? The gun. I'll wipe it clean. Put it in Robert's hand. A good start, Catherine. You're getting the idea. And now, supposing we get out of here, call Greg from the drugstore on the corner, tell the story just a little bit differently from the way it actually happened. Of course. I can do it. I can convince him. Hurry, Catherine. We don't want to be found in here with the body. Not the way we're going to tell this. Yes? Greg? Greg, it's Catherine. Oh, Greg, I've got to see you. It's about Robert. He refuses to take you back? Well, I don't know, Greg, I don't know. Well, I don't understand you, lady. Didn't you go to his studio? Yes, I did, but he... He wasn't there. I I went in and... Oh, Greg, I did a terrible thing. Really dreadful. He'll never forgive me. I... I slashed his paintings, cut them to bits. The ones he was going to enter in the contest. You what? His paintings, all the beautiful paintings he was going to enter in the contest. Oh, I was so jealous, Greg, thinking of him with that other girl. I, I destroyed them. Catherine, you couldn't. But I did. And now, oh, don't you see, Greg, I'm frightened, terribly frightened. You know what this contest means to him, and, and when Robert comes back, there's no telling what he might do. Where are you, Catherine? Well, I'm calling from the drugstore half a block from his place. Well, I'll, I'll meet you there. We'll go up to his studio and wait for him together. Oh, Greg, thank you. Oh, thank you, but... Do hurry, please. If we don't get back to the studio before Robert does... Well, you know how impulsive he is. I understand. I'll hurry. He believed it. Greg believed it. Of course he believed it, Catherine. And it is almost the truth. But steady now. Just the right degree of surprise when Greg makes the shocking discovery. Good Lord, Catherine. Greg, what is it? <gasps> Greg! We... We're too late. Yes. Oh, Greg, what has he done? What has he done? It would appear, lady, that he's shot himself. Oh, no. Oh, Greg, it's my fault. The paintings I drove him to it. It's almost as if I did it. Steady, steady now. We've got to call the police right away. There's nothing we can do for Robert now. In just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, we'll return to our story. But now, men, does your face do a slow burn every time you shave? And it's time you heard the good news about smoother, more comfortable shaves, the Palm Olive Shaving Cream Way. That's right, smoother, more comfortable shaves. And men, 
only palm olive, no other shaving cream, offers you real proof, not just promises, of smoother, more comfortable shaves. For the new palm olive shaving cream way gets beards really soft, and it provides a protective film that actually floats your razor's cutting edge. Yes, even in cold or hard water, you get a clean, close shave every time. Super smooth, super comfortable. Over 2,500 men tested palm olive shaving creams thoroughly. They followed the simple directions on the tube, and no matter how they shaved before, three out of four reported beards easier to cut, less razor pull, more comfortable, actually smoother shaves. Get palm olive shaving cream, lather or brushless. See if you don't get that super smooth, super comfortable, free and easy shave you've always wanted. You owe it to your face to try palm olive lather or brushless. Remember, only palm olive. No other shaving cream offers you proof of smoother, more comfortable shaves. Now, back to Satan's Waitin'. Well, we're certainly a long way from losing, aren't we, Catherine? Though more important than Malcolm's money is that Robert's suicide be accepted as such. Also, as Greg turns to the phone, you look for one more opportunity to suggest the motive. Operator, will you get me the police, please? An emergency. Oh, Greg, it, it's horrible, just fantastic. Yes. The police. I, I suppose I'll have to tell them I slashed the paintings. You did, didn't you? Well, yes, but... Oh, don't you see? People will say I drove him to it, that it was my fault. It's really a shame, Catherine, how little you know or cared about his work. If you had taken an interest in Robert's work, you wouldn't have made your one very big mistake. Mistake? That's what I said, Catherine. You see, those paintings you slashed... What about them? They aren't Robert's at all. None of them. His have already been placed on display for the competition. What? These here in the studio that you thought were so fine, so perfect... They're nothing more than the dawdling but promising efforts of the young student Robert was teaching. No, you're lying. Your well-planned motive for suicide is out the window, lady. Oh, hello, police. Sergeant, this is Greg Barnes, the art critic. Greg, please. I want to report a murder. That's right. And if you'll hurry straight over, I'll be happy to add a few brilliant comments. Something to change the picture here considerably. Sorry, Catherine, I did let you pass a hasty judgment on those paintings. My, we weren't quite so artistic in our little murder plan after all, were we? And uh, now, my dear, awaiting your trial for murder, what are your final thoughts? Robert... He was trying to tell me. Robert tried to tell me they weren't his paintings. Yes, he did. Robert didn't really want to laugh at you, did he? <laughs> Malcolm. He got the last laugh after all. Uh, Malcolm and I, Catherine. Don't forget me. In fact, just in case you might, I'm going to see that you hear my laugh morning, noon, and night for the next few thousand years.
Remember, every Tuesday night at the same time, the Colgate Palmolive Peat Company, makers of Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair, and Palmolive Shave Creams for a smoother, more comfortable way to shave, bring you Satan's Waitin'. Satan's Waitin' is written and edited by Joel Malone, directed by George W. Allen, and featured Joan Banks, David Ellis, and of course, Satan. For double protection, use Vito, Colgate's marvelous deodorant. Yes, Vito protects you in these two important ways. One, Vito stops odor instantly. Two, Vito checks perspiration immediately. Use daily, Vito safeguards your daintiness from bath to bath, yet it's safe for normal skin and clothes. Vito smooths on easy as vanishing cream, never cakes or dries out in the jar, has a delicate fragrance you love. Remember, for double protection against underarm perspiration and odor, get Vito, Vito deodorant cream. Again, I take my leave for other fields. Before I go, however, a reminder uh, to the prudent. My prospects are legion. My arena of activity, universal. With the wrong yield this way or that to temptation, it might be this one, or that one, or even you, for whom Satan's waiting. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday when Satan will be waiting. Listen to Hollywood's newest comedy sensation, Steve Allen. Trade laughs with the most fabulous character to come out of the West Coast in years. Yes, don't miss Steve Allen next Sunday night over most of these CBS stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, Carl, the wife certainly got what she deserved. Right, Lisa. And hearing that laughter for eternity has got to be maddening. I'll bet the husband was somehow involved. He was played by Herb Butterfield. Edgar Barrier was Greg, the art critic. Also heard were Joan Banks and David Ellis. And the actor who portrayed the Prince of Darkness was none other than Ted Osborne. Osborne was a top character actor, appearing in shows on both coasts during his 30-year career in radio. He started out on the West Coast in the 1930s on numerous shows, from the Cinnamon Bear to the Lux Radio Theater. In the early 1940s, he moved to New York and was heard in the Columbia Workshop, the Mole Mystery Theater, and many others. Osborne was the first actor to portray the man in black on suspense. That's right. In fact, he was the only actor to be in the cast of both the first and last episodes of Suspense, some 20 years apart. We'd like to thank old-time radio historian Keith Scott for that little nugget. Osborne moved back to Hollywood in the late 1940s and remained there until the mid-1950s when he once again made the trek east. In the closing credits of Satan's Waitin', we learn that Joel Malone was the author and George W. Allen was the director. This duo should be familiar to classic radio fans of The Whistler. Both Malone and Allen had the same duties in that long-running radio series. Though Allen produced and directed The Whistler, Satan's Waitin' was produced by Joe Rines, a former orchestra conductor turned radio producer. 
And there you have it, Carl. Satan's waiting was similar to The Whistler. Both had an eerie storyteller who was involved in the plot, directly influencing the minds and actions of the characters. I love the organ music by Del Castillo. He did a fine job of creating a tense and suspenseful atmosphere. And to add to that, the theremin was also used, an electronic musical instrument that was played absent of any physical contact by the performer. The sound of the theremin is often associated with eerie situations. It was used in the movie soundtracks of Spellbound, The Lost Weekend, and The Day the Earth Stood Still. I was on the edge of my seat with this broadcast, and I'll bet those listening were too. But there is a very sad note associated with this series. Yes, Carl. On September 2nd, 1950, which was just a few days after Satan's Waitin' finished its summer cycle, Frank Graham, at age 35 and at the peak of his career, committed suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. It was a shock to everyone in the industry, and especially his family and friends. His body was found slumped in the front seat of his convertible in the carport of his lavish Hollywood Hills home. There was a photo of a woman, Mildred Rossi, found with him. The two had met at Disney Studios, where she was an animator and he was voicing numerous cartoon characters. Graham and Rossi began dating, and it's widely speculated that when she abruptly broke it off with him, He was so distraught, he took his own life. Very sad, but we're lucky to be able to enjoy him in radio, cartoons, and films. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week... We'll bring you a special broadcast of the Bob Hope Show, so don't miss it. Thanks for listening. It's time to rethink. Renew and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather, the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.